Joe Biden is falling in the polls and elitist Democrats in the media have two reasons why. House Speaker Mike Johnson speaks out on the border and funding for Israel. Plus, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is losing control of his state to Trump. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with some interesting comments that were made over the weekend that really reveal what the Democrats and those on the left are all about. Joe Biden's policies are bad for the country. We can see that on issue after issue after issue. And yet the Democrats, media, and other institutions keep pushing forward because they base all these policy failures and terrible polling on two reasons and two reasons only. And neither reason has anything to do with the policies being terrible for America. Can you guess what those two reasons are? One applies to Democrats and one applies to Republicans. Think about it as I lay out what Joe Biden and the Democrats are facing at this moment. The big shocking news over the weekend was the release of a new New York Times presidential poll that has left-wing political operatives in disarray and scrambling to spin a story that is 100% bad news for Biden. Here's some of the polling results. And a New York Times Siena College poll shows Trump leading in five of the six most important battleground states that could be decisive. The margins are between four and 10 percent. President Biden on top only in Wisconsin and by a margin of two points. Six battleground states and Trump is currently leading in five of those states with the one Biden state, Wisconsin, being inside the margin of error. So why is this happening? Here's some of the analysis from NBC News. Biggest issue, Savannah, is something that we always talk about when it comes to any kind of presidential election, and that is the economy. How is the economy doing? This is the top issue for nearly six in 10 voters, and a lot of them, 81% say that the economic situation right now is fair or poor, and more than half of the people in this poll say they trust Donald Trump to do a better job on the economy. Slightly more than half say President Biden's policies have actually hurt them personally. And then there's this other issue, Savannah, that we've talked about a lot, and that is age. 71% of people mentioned President Biden. Biden's age is a concern. But if you look at the numbers, only about 39% of people say that about Mr. Trump, who, of course, is only a few years younger than President Biden. This continues to be an issue for the Biden camp. Two main issues pointed out in that report, the economy and age. But here's something else that is stunning from the polling. And it shows that identity politics of the left is bankrupt and people are turning away from the politics of division. They want policies that actually help their daily lives and are tired of Democrats screaming racism and sexism and trying to create enemies rather than bringing people together. The New York Times, in the right about it, says, in a remarkable sign of a gradual racial realignment between the two parties, the more diverse the swing state, the farther Mr. Biden was behind. And he led only in the whitest of six. Incredible. But as a Republican county chairman in the most diverse county in Texas, and one of the most diverse in the country, I'm seeing this firsthand. You meet with people of all races, ethnicities, and religions, and they are concerned about public safety. They're concerned about education. They're concerned about the economy. They see the Democrats, and the Democrats are promoting boys taking opportunities away from girls on sports teams, or making girls shower next to boys in locker rooms, or pushing drag queen story hours. People look at these issues and think the Democrats are crazy. But still, many Democrats and those on the left just don't get it. 
they pushed two primary reasons for Biden's poor performance. Here's a hint at one of the reasons as Democrat Representative Jasmine Crockett tries to spin why Biden is doing so poorly. Here's the deal. Perception is reality. And so when you look at the data that was provided in this poll, it talks about how people feel. And when people decide whether they're going to the poll or whether they're not going to, to the poll, it's all about how you feel in that moment. And so while the facts may not align with their feelings, their feelings are dictating their reality. Their reality is that they said that they feel better or they felt better when Trump was in office. And then we also have an issue as it relates to civics in this country and people not understanding exactly how any of this works. Just ridiculous. Crockett is saying that voters, and we'll focus on Democrat voters here because Democrats like her just write off Trump supporters. Democrat voters are not paying attention to the facts and they don't understand civics. How would you sum that up? And then there's the other side, why Republicans are so down on Biden and his team. And although this next clip isn't about Biden, it still reveals reason number two. Here's a discussion between MSNBC host Jen Psaki and failed Democrat candidate Stacey Abrams on why Kamala Harris gets so much criticism. We will always question the person behind the person, but we cannot ignore that misogyny and racism remain very prevalent in our politics. And for those behaviors that don't rise to either misogyny or racism, there's also just the difference. Our expectations are set for the traditional white male vice president. Now, in those last two clips, it's been revealed why the Democrats and left-wing talking heads on television think Biden is polling so poorly. Did you get the answers? It's really quite simple. The left-wing elites think Democrat voters are too stupid and Republican voters are too racist. That's it. It's not about policies. It's not about an open border or failed foreign policy or rising interest rates and inflation or radical education practices. Nope, none of that. You're either too stupid or too racist. All right, next let's talk about House Speaker Mike Johnson. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next we have new House Speaker Mike Johnson. He appeared on Fox News Sunday and addressed a number of issues that he and the Congress are facing. And it's stunning to see the opposition he's receiving from both the Democrats and the media. When Republicans were battling each other on issues or to elect a new speaker, the media were pouncing and saying that Republicans are in disarray. Now Republicans seem more united and the media are criticizing him for that. It's endless. Johnson is labeled as a Christian. Oh no, not that, not being a Christian, and an extremist. So what's so extreme? How about aid to Israel? Rather than printing money, Johnson said, we'll pay for an aid package by cutting some of the funding for those new IRS agents. This has drawn the ire of both Democrats and some Republicans in the Senate who want Ukraine funding thrown in the mix. The proposal is simply not a serious one. And worse, it still wastes precious time at a moment when we need to help Israel, Ukraine, and send humanitarian aid to Gaza, ASAP. And it's not just Democrats. This is the headline from The Hill. McConnell and Speaker Johnson sharply divided on the year-end strategy. So Democrat and Republican leaders over in the Senate say there's no way this standalone measure gets anywhere. The White House has said it would veto it anyway. So with time of the essence, the urgency here, 
Why waste time on a measure that has almost zero chance of actually aiding the Israeli people? First of all, I really didn't like Sh Shannon Bream's comments because she basically said that what is the point in passing the House bill when you should just pass a version that Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden want? That's ridiculous. What the House passed was a bipartisan bill of aid to Israel based on cutting funding to the IRS. It was bipartisan, as I just mentioned, and it was paid for. That's exactly what the House should be doing. Bream then brought up the fact that the Congressional Budget Office said the measure would actually add to the deficit. That's right. Somehow, cutting spending on the IRS would hurt revenue, even though there are plenty of agents that have been getting the job done. The analysis makes no sense, and it sounds like typical Washington, D.C. accounting. Here's Johnson. Look, only in Washington can you cut funding, add a pay-for to a new spending measure, and they say that it's, it's terrible for the deficit. Listen, we're trying to take care of our priorities, and we will. We, we know that these other important measures are right there on the table, and we're working through it hour by hour, day by day, and we're going to meet those obligations. But we have to do these things in the, in the proper order, and we are committed to changing how Washington works. Now, yes, I'm a Johnson fan, but that doesn't mean I like everything that's going on. There is still a push for Ukraine funding, which I'm opposed to, but the House will try to tie that increase in funding for America's southern border as well. That is something that is desperately needed, and the House should continue to push for border security and make the Democrats vote against it over and over again. This is a huge issue for the American people, and the Democrats are on the losing side. If you go out into the country, people will say, look, we understand our role as a leader in the free world. We understand that we're the great superpower that, that needs to assist and ensure that freedom survives. But we have to take care of our own house first. And securing our border is an essential priority to the American people. So they're not listening to their constituents. That, I think that's a, a tone-deaf response. Again, we can do all of these things together. But when, when you couple Ukraine and the border, that makes sense to people because they say, if we're going to protect Ukraine's border and we, do, we have to do what is necessary there, we don't want Vladimir Putin to prevail. We can't afford that. The free world can't afford that. But we have to take care of our own border first. As I mentioned, I would address the border in a standalone bill and put the Democrats on record. Border security and overall security are huge issues with the American people draw a clear distinction, and give the voters an obvious choice. Next, here's some rapid-fire headlines from around the country. First, there's news about the Transgender Nashville Shooters Manifesto that authorities have so far refused to release. As reported by Stephen Crowder, the manifesto has been leaked, and as one might expect, it doesn't fit the narrative that the media love to portray regarding mass shooters. If it's a crazy white man who's a Trump supporter, then the media are all over the story. But if it's some crazy left wing in the media, they're silent. And it turns out that the FBI are more than happy to go along. According to the manifesto, the transgender killer who took the lives of three children and three adults at a Christian school expressed hatred for, quote, little crackers with, quote, white privilege. In writings that detailed the schedule for that horrific day, the transgender shooter's disdain for the young children came through, writing, quote, want to kill all you little crackers, bunch of little bleeps with your white privileges, F you. It's just sick. Next, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is not only losing to Trump nationally, but he is losing his grip on Florida as well. As reported by the Wall Street Journal, both DeSantis and Trump spoke to a gathering of Republicans outside of Orlando on Saturday, and the reception for Trump was significant. 
DeSantis has steadily lost ground to the former president and is now in a battle with Nikki Haley to hold on to the second spot in the polling. In Florida, the Florida Republican Assembly is asking DeSantis to bow out of the race, and even some DeSantis supporters in the state are questioning whether a continued DeSantis campaign will hurt his chances in 2028. And finally, Ukrainian President Zelensky has invited Trump to Ukraine to discuss the ongoing war with Russia and Ukraine's continued request for American funds. As reported by Newsmax, Zelensky said he would only need to meet with Trump for 24 minutes to show the former president that Trump can't, quote, manage this war. Trump had said that he could solve the conflict in 24 hours, which led to Zelensky's 24 minutes comment. For his part, Trump says that he will not meet with Zelensky because the Biden administration is dealing with him, and that would create a conflict of interest. Good move for Trump as the American people grow more and more tired of paying for this conflict. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.